I have never seen a sports or entertainment company like this basically insult their fan base as much as WWE does. And I can date it back as far as 2004. And if you ask other people, it started even earlier than this. This is episode 7 of Who Booked This? As always, give me a follow on Twitter at Emerald Hacksaw. Head over to anchor.fm forward slash DM1 podcast for all of your DM1 needs. Every episode of Who Booked This is there. You will also see a support button. We have three monthly tiers, 99 cents, 4.99, and 9.99. Hit that button and you will get a shout out right here on the show. And right next to that, you will see a message button. Click that. To leave a message, of course, tell me how I'm doing, how you like the show, or send me a recommendation for a future episode. You will hear it right here when you do so. And finally, check us out on your podcast platform of choice, Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Breaker. Follow the show whenever you can so you don't miss an episode. This is a special part one of a two-part series. We will be watching two episodes of Monday Night Raw within a three-week period. The special randomizer gave me these two shows close to each other, so I decided to go back-to-back with them. This first episode of Monday Night Raw is from May 31st, 2004. It is episode 575, or season 12, episode 22 on Peacock. This is from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec. I am unaware of the attendance for this show, but we had a TV rating of 3.2. This week is very much like WBT3. It's a show that features something random that I remember. Of course, WBT3 was about Umaga beating up the jackass guys. This week is about something completely different, but it has stayed with me longer than it should have. And I will explain later. So let's get into the show. We start Raw with a video package in honor of Memorial Day. Vince is actually doing the voiceover and it is a really well done piece. The Entertainment Globe is the signature and then we jump into a video package, presumably from two weeks ago. There was a battle royal where Triple H and Kane were the final two participants. Shawn Michaels would go on to cost Triple H that match and this package is building to a match between Triple H and Shawn somewhere down the road. They are beating the hell out of each other all night just last week, and Eric Bischoff announces that Sean and Triple H will compete at Bad Blood in a Hell in a Cell match. We go to the Raw intro, and it's the best intro theme of all time across the nation by the Union Underground. Man, this song rules. The intro videos for this song and Thorn in Your Eye are two of the best edited videos in WWE history. Absolute masterpieces. We are greeted by Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler as usual, and we are told that Randy Orton and Shelton Benjamin will compete in a match tonight. Raw begins with the double champ, Chris Benoit. The special edition of Raw begins with Chris Benoit and Edge defending the World Tag Team Championship. At this point, Benoit is also the World Heavyweight Champion, and Benoit got a crazy pop. Edge comes out, and it's not as big, but he has his fellow Canadians behind him. Their opponents, however, got a gigantic reaction. It's La Resistance, Sylvain Grenier and Rob Conway. And JR is talking about how some fans are cheering and some fans are booing, but we are in Quebec. Yeah, I would say we're cheering because Grenier is actually a Quebecer, and people are booing because Conway is an American. 
And then King says the line, Welcome to Bizarro World. Hence the title for this week's episode. That doesn't make sense. And this is the whole reason why we're here this week. I swear to God. I don't know what's going to happen after this match, but I wanted to talk about this. Because I remember this bugging me at almost 11 years old. And it still bugs me today because they still do this today. Remember the night after WrestleMania crowds? Hey guys, tonight's Raw is going to be different because we still have a majority of the European fans here. And they're going to be acting crazy and not cheering the right people. I have never seen a sports or entertainment company like this basically insult their fan base as much as WWE does. And I can date it back as far as 2004. And if you ask other people, it started even earlier than this. I mean, as a kid, I was deep into kayfabe. Cheer the faces, boo the heels. But this never made sense. And they would do this all the time. And they still do it. How is it bizarro world? When you are from that area, and the fans are also from that area, and they are cheering that wrestler. This kind of shit drives me nuts. Anyway, character-wise, this is an all-Canadian opening match. Benoit is from Alberta, and Edge is from Ontario. This match would have been better if Rene Dupree was teaming with Savon Grenier. Edge and Conway start the match. King asks how long Benoit can hold both belts. Benoit won the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania 20. He and Edge won the World Tag Team titles just about six weeks prior to this match. Edge tags in Benoit now, and he's working over Conway. Quick tags by the champions. I have to say real quick, Edge's tights design before he became the Rated R Superstar were so sick. Grenier gets tagged, and the crowd goes nuts. JR and King are talking about how Quebec wants to succeed from Canada. I'll be honest, I don't know if that was the case in 2004, nor if it's still the case today. There is a group of fans with signs that read, WWE lost their heart in 1997. I thought those were really good. Benoit locks in the Canadian National Wrestling Maneuver, the sharpshooter, on both members of La Resistance. A trio of German suplexes on Conway leads to a diving headbutt that misses. Grenier pops Edge off the apron. La Resistance went for the bonjour, but Edge gets involved. Benoit locked in the crossface, but it was interrupted, and Raw rolls on right after this. When we come back, Grenier has Benoit in a rest hold. Edge gets the tag, and instead of Grenier also tagging Conway, he turns around and gets hit by Edge. That was dumb. Edge went for a spear on Grenier, but he hit Benoit. La Resistance finally hits the bonjour on Edge, and La Resistance wins the World Tag Team Championship. Montreal goes nuts. The way JR and King are selling this win, you would think this is the first time they've been champions. It's funny because Grenier and Dupree actually won the tag titles around the same time last year. We go to a quick break, and when we come back, Grenier and Conway are in the crowd celebrating with their people. Todd Grisham is backstage with Randy Orton. Orton is the Intercontinental Champion at this point, and in fact, he is the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in the last seven years. Grisham says that if Shelton Benjamin wins in his match tonight against Randy Orton, he will get a future shot at the IC title. Orton says that Benjamin isn't in the same league as him, and he couldn't beat Orton on his best day. Grisham then throws to a video from last week where Benjamin did exactly that. Orton says that that was a fluke and an accident, and he storms off after saying that this is as close as Benjamin will ever get to the IC title. We then hop over to Eric Bischoff and William Regal. Bischoff said that he made the Hell in a Cell match to take back control of his show. He will not let what happened last week with Triple H and Shawn Michaels happen again. Eugene comes in, and Bischoff grants Eugene his second match. 
Coach then comes in, and Bischoff wants Coach to apologize to Eugene. Coach gives a half-hearted apology, but Bischoff doesn't like that. He tells Coach to go out to the ring and sincerely apologize to Eugene in public. And Eugene is so deadpan during this segment, it's pretty cool. Bye, Coach. We then get the WWE Cool Color of the Night, brought to us by Maxim Hair Color for Guys. Yeah, that was an actual sponsor at this time. It's from two weeks ago. Coach calls Eugene a joke. He's demeaning Eugene, and he says that Eugene doesn't have any friends. Back live, we see Coach entering the ring. Coach says, okay, Eugene, before getting chanted asshole by the Montreal crowd. Coach says he is a man of his word, and he will apologize to Eugene. Out comes young master Eugene. Coach tells Eugene that he is not Coach's favorite person, and he's pretty sure that he isn't Eugene's. Coach says that Eugene has proven he is the real deal, he is not a joke, and Coach admits that the actual joke was on him. Coach offers his hand and apologizes. Coach says that Eugene does have friends, The Rock, Chris Benoit, and the fans as examples. Coach says he ran into a fan of Eugene's. And then Kane comes out, and JR says, For the love of God, it's Kane. Coach says that Kane is the person he was talking about. Eugene is scared shitless at this point. Kane actually offers up a hug for Eugene. Eugene goes for the hug, and it is successful. Coach doesn't believe it. Kane does want to be Eugene's friend, but Coach isn't. Coach sucker punches Eugene from behind, and then Kane walks Coach down immediately before clotheslining Eugene. Coach falls on the rampway, laughing. At this point, I had forgotten how many of the Here's What You Missed videos would play when they returned from commercial break. They did it for the finish of the tag match, and they did it here for the Coach Eugene segment. We are back in Bischoff's office, and they are lapping it up over what Coach just did. William Regal storms into the office and is pissed at Bischoff. Bischoff said he tried to be the nice guy by having Eugene come to Raw. Eugene will wrestle tonight, and it will be against Kane and no one can get involved or else they will be fired. Victoria is on her way out. She is the women's champion, and this is Dancing Victoria, which I don't really care for. This is not how I see Victoria as a character. Anyway, Raw is brought to us by the Engage QD Mobile Game Deck, whatever that is. Also, Cashroll GTX High Mileage and Stacker 2's YJ Stinger. Back to the action, Jazz is out next. She is highly underrated, and it will be Victoria versus Jazz, two very competent women in the ring. Victoria got caught in a split and got hit with a leg drop by Jazz. Jazz had a camel clutch locked in, while Victoria was also in that predicament. Jazz is working over Victoria here. Eventually, Victoria was able to put something together. A bit of a back and forth sees Victoria roll up Jazz for the victory. Up next on Raw, it is Randy Orton versus Shelton Benjamin, and this should be really good. Out comes the Intercontinental Champion, Randy Orton. He's coming out to the Evolution theme. He's got the stage pyro. From the Waterfall of Gold comes Batista. He will be seconding Orton for this match. Randy Orton, before 2008, is probably my favorite time period for Randy Orton, uh, just on a personal level. While Orton is making his entrance, we are told that WWE Bad Blood is brought to us by Subway. That show is just 13 days away. Shelton Benjamin is out now, and man, I was a huge fan of Benjamin at this time. He's probably one of my favorite mid-carders ever. 
Benjamin uses freestyle wrestling to get a quick pin attempt. Orton then pummels Benjamin, a boot, clothesline, and then a pummeling from Benjamin. These two are going back and forth in the opening minute. It's really nice to watch. Batista is distracting the ref while Orton is trying to undo the turnbuckle pad, but it's not cooperating. Orton has gone back two more times before he finally got it. Orton went to throw Benjamin into the exposed buckle, but Benjamin stops himself and they crack heads and Orton has a small cut from that. Batista bashes Benjamin into the exposed buckle for a two count. And when we come back from break, rest hold Randy is in full effect. We see Batista threw Benjamin into the barricade during the break. Benjamin hit a jawbreaker to escape. Batista then low bridges Benjamin. Finally, the referee throws Batista out of the match. Batista is pissed. Orton is upset and Benjamin is fully able to put together some offense. Orton pops Benjamin with a pair of boots. Real vintage Orton as he hit a crossbody from the top rope, but Benjamin reverses and almost got the win off that. Orton went for the RKO, but Benjamin reverses with a backslide for a two count. Orton goes to leave, but he suckered Benjamin in. Benjamin would then hit the T-bone suplex out of nowhere and got the win. Orton was full of himself after the sucker punch and the Intercontinental Champion got caught. Shelton Benjamin has earned himself a shot at the IC title. We then get promotion for the $250,000 Raw Diva Search. Ugh. Stacy Keebler is taking pictures backstage for some reason. She gets interrupted by Ty Grisham. Grisham asks, what exactly does a diva do? Yeah, no shit. God, the diva search was ass. It's time to play the game, and even JR is confused. What the hell? Triple H is on his way out. Triple H says you can stop looking at the entranceway and in the crowd for a sneak attack because Shawn Michaels isn't here tonight. Eric Bischoff has banned Sean from the arena. The fans don't like it, and neither does Triple H. Triple H says that bad blood will be the end of the rivalry between he and Sean. Hell in a Cell is the end. The end of issues, the end of conflict, and the end of careers. It then goes to a video package set to Drowning Pool's theme for Triple H from 2002, so that's kind of sick. It's a video package chronicling Triple H's history in Hell in a Cell, his matches against Cactus Jack from No Way Out 2000, Chris Jericho at Judgment Day 2002, and Kevin Nash at last year's Bad Blood are shown. Triple H won all three of those matches, and then he says, Shawn Michaels, see you in hell. JR and King then preview Bad Blood. Chris Benoit will defend the World Heavyweight title against Kane. It is official as Randy Orton will defend the Intercontinental title against Shelton Benjamin. Victoria will defend the women's title against Gail Kim. And Triple H and Shawn Michaels will compete inside Hell in a Cell. Johnny Nitro comes into Eric Bischoff's office where he is asked to go find Eugene. Back to the ring. Oh yeah! It's Matt Hardy and Lita. We have some Matt facts pop up on the screen. Such as, Matt and Lita hate sparkling water, me too. Another one being, Matt's life is better with Lita in it. Well, that'll change in about a year. Listen to WBT too. Matt Hardy will be taking on Garrison Cade, not quite Lance like he was a few episodes ago here on Who Booked This. Matt cracks Cade with a big right hand. Matt's punches were always cool to see. More right hands are being traded before Matt sends Cade to the floor. Big house show dive from Matt. Matt hits the side effect for a two count. Big middle rope leg drop and a twist of fate sees Matt get the win. Quick and painless here. Up next is the SmackDown rebound. Fun fact, this is how I kept up with SmackDown when I was younger. For whatever reason, we could not get UPN, so I was unable to watch the other brand. This little segment on Raw every week and Velocity on Saturdays is how I kept up with SmackDown. 
Michael Cole announces that JBL is the number one contender for the WWE Championship, and he will choose the stipulation for the Great American Bash. We will also see Tori Wilson, Miss Jackie, Dawn Marie, and Sable in a summer breakout bikini contest. Undertaker and Booker T will also be in action, and Booker T says he is not afraid of the Undertaker. Back to Bischoff's office, Nitro has brought in Eugene. Bischoff asks if Eugene is okay. He says he knew what was going to happen with Kane earlier. He says that was tough love for Eugene, and Eugene has a chance to prove his Uncle Eric wrong. Eugene will prove that he belongs here. Bischoff asks for a hug from his nephew, and he is stoic throughout this whole exchange. Back live to the arena, and the ring is mocked up as Chris Jericho's highlight reel. JR says he didn't know there was going to be a highlight reel tonight after Jericho got beat up last week. Abruptly, we see a video package of WWE's Tour of Defiance in the UK this past week. Low-key Tour of Defiance is a pretty good name. Back to the ring again, and here comes Jericho. Or not. It's Trish Stratus with Tyson Tomko. Trish says she can't understand the fans because they are speaking French. She then said that she had a frog in her throat and that she is surrounded by frogs in the arena. I have no idea what that was supposed to mean. She sends a get well message to Christian and she then throws to last week where Tyson power bombs Jericho through the announce table. Trish then mocks JR. She then has a British accent rather than a southern accent. Then Chris Jericho interrupts. Earlier, JR said that he hadn't seen Jericho all day, but Jericho comes out in full gear. Is JR drunk? This is something that always bugged me, even as a kid. Why are wrestlers always in their gear? It doesn't make logical sense. Jericho and Tomko are having a Donnybrook. Jericho puts Trish in the walls for all of three seconds before getting nailed by Tomko. Tomko then drives Jericho ribs first into one of the chairs. Tomko puts one of the chairs on Jericho while Trish sits in it. Backstage, we see Kane. He is staring at a wall. The camera does a full rotation before Kane snaps his head and stares into the camera. Kane then makes his way to the ring. It is main event time, if you can believe it. Kane versus Eugene. Eugene is able to evade Kane before putting him in a waist lock. Eugene tried for two quick pen tips, and Kane finally gets Eugene with a clothesline. Eugene keeps trying to put something together, but he gets popped every time by Kane. Kane is trying to put Eugene away, but Eugene keeps fighting. Kane is trying to not get frustrated. Kane suplexes Eugene from the apron to the ring. He hits a signature throat thrust, and it sounded really good. Kane is just wearing Eugene down. He isn't working like you would think Kane would work. Eugene is actually starting to hulk up, and damn, Eugene was actually awesome. Nick Dinsmore can work, and that's why Eugene worked. We stopped caring about the Eugene character because Eugene never evolved, as I stated before. Kane brought a chair in. The referee went to stop Kane, but he got flung. Eugene then hit a DDT on the chair, and the referee calls for the bell, but gives the match to Eugene. Eugene beats Kane. Kane sits up and nails Eugene with a big boot. He chases the referee away. Kane destroys Eugene with a choke slam. He went for the tombstone, but Chris Benoit's music hit. The genius that Benoit is, he goes for a crossface. Kane fights it off and bails. Kane says the world title will be his come bad blood. Benoit checks on Eugene and Eugene gets an ovation. Eugene is still in character while selling as we fade to black. And that will do it this week. Another short episode for me uh, this time around. Next week's edition of Who Booked This will follow up on this period of time. I literally picked this because of the opening segment. The rest was up in the air. 
I remember a lot from Raw in 2004 because I was recording every episode at my grandparents' house. I remember staying up past my bedtime to watch the show. So while the shows or the creative may not be great, these shows hold a lot of meaning to me. And next week will be even better. I have a fun personal story involving that week's show. Next week we'll be jumping two weeks ahead in the timeline. It's the night after Bad Blood. I actually forgot the main reason why this episode would be remembered by everybody else, but it'll be fun to rewatch it anyway. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope you've enjoyed these shows as much as I have been making them. Go over to anchor.fm forward slash DM1 podcast for the entire WBT archive. You can also support the show monetarily for either 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Leave me a message as well. You will be featured on the show if you do so. Share the show with your friends. Let them know what we've got going on. I have a lot planned, and I can't wait to really get this thing started. My name is Bradley. This has been Who Booked This on DM1. Catch you later, guys.